everyone. This is Justin Forbes, the host of the Missing Voices podcast. And uh, we are switching gears for a moment because, well, because everything has changed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to call these next couple episodes for, for the foreseeable future, uh, Youth Ministry and COVID-19. And uh, the reality is that everything has changed with the coronavirus. And just a few weeks ago, I remember reading that there was about 12,000 cases in the U.S., confirmed cases. And this morning, as I record this, we're pushing 500,000 in the U.S. Uh, and about 1.5 million around the world. And friends in Hong Kong and in Scotland and in London and in Canada, everyone's working from home. Everyone's uh, trying to figure out uh, what does it mean to be quarantined and not just quarantined, but what does it mean to continue to be the body of Christ and to love our neighbor and to do youth ministry in this weird time. I keep saying that phrase. These are weird days. These are weird days where I'm working from home with my six children, which those two things never go together, right? Working from home with six children. It's a joke. But uh, we have this incredible vocation, this calling on our lives that does not go away when there is a pandemic. Uh, so we have this beautiful freedom to recontextualize, to try and figure out what does it mean to love our neighbor, to care for young people, to support parents as they uh, are home with their teenagers. And so these next couple episodes, we're going to pull together uh, a mental health counselor, a few uh, youth ministry professionals uh, who are practitioners, some professors, and we're going to just discuss this theme of youth ministry in the context of the coronavirus, youth ministry in a COVID-19 sort of season of life. And you know, I don't know what normal will look like after this. I don't know that we're going to go back to everything being the way it was. And I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. Um, but I do know that there are people who are suffering right now. And there are young people who are dealing with all sorts of anxiety and stress and fear. There's also young people who think this is the best sort of extended spring break ever um, and are still kind of chugging along. So we have young people that are you know, everywhere in between on that spectrum of experience. But for sure, youth workers right now are changing and adapting and trying to figure out what does it mean uh, to do great youth ministry. So these next couple episodes are dedicated to that pursuit uh, to the questions that we're all wrestling with and to uh, maybe gathering best practices and some ideas. Uh, we will have some of our other uh, normal Missing Voices podcast episodes coming out as well uh, from our youth ministry forum that we held at the uh, in early 2020 before everything started to get shut down. Um, and we'll have some other interviews focusing on young people at the margins and innovation, things like that. But for these next few episodes, we're going to be focusing on this current reality. So I hope this is a gift for you and I hope you are doing well. Take care, my friends. All right, everybody. We've got Dr. Angela Gorell here on the phone with us. Angela, are you there? Yes. All right. Great. Angela is the assistant professor of practical theology at Baylor University's Truett Theological Seminary and is the author of Always On, Practicing Faith in a New Media Landscape. So can you guess why we're talking to her today? <laughs> <laughs> She's an ordained pastor and did youth ministry for 14 years uh, before becoming 
a professor. So, uh, Angela, thank you for jumping on with us today. And you, I, I, I reached out to you about this because I noticed that you just put together, and we'll talk more about this, but you put together the guide to taking youth ministry online. And I think your book, Always On, which I just picked up a number of months ago, um, it's sort of timely for this. So you are uniquely prepared to help all of us figure out what in the world is going on. So I hope that you won't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> um, no I, will, I will try not to. And um, I am delighted to be with you <laughs> and um, everyone else who's listening. Uh, grateful uh, to be able to share a little bit about my research that I've been doing. You know, I started thinking about new media in 2011. And so here I am almost a decade later and I'm just like, oh, this is for this moment. Okay, here we are. Here we are. That's awesome. Well, let's start with this. I mean, uh, sort of a broad sweeping, what do you see? What is going on um, in youth ministry right now, given this coronavirus reality and you know, so many of the things that we have used in youth ministry, um, you know, not like they were bad, but maybe as crutches have been taken out from under us. And so we cannot rely on uh, the models of youth ministry that we've used in the past. And we've been forced to ask some hard questions about what we're doing right now uh, to keep doing good ministry. So I'd love to just start with, you know, a bit of diagnosis. Like, what do you see going on around us? And uh, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the most important things that's happening right now is that we're all being given the opportunity to really ask, what are the most important things that we do in youth ministry? Why do we do mm -hmm. it? Um, you know, if, you know, in this kind of particular time of difficulty for so many families in this nation and around the world, they have really limited resources as far as um, you know, a lot of people are having to get online every day to do school and to do work. People are sharing computers. Uh, people are in many ways feeling overwhelmed by being always on, always on their devices. So if we're going to be connecting with youth, we want to ask and asking for a bit of their online time right now, or we're always, you know, all of us are feeling the way to being online all the time. We want to ask like, what are, what are the most important things that we do in an online conversation with youth. It's like if we get 30 minutes of their time this week, an hour of their time, what's the most important thing that we can do? Mm. And so I think that's what's really wonderful about this is that it gives us an opportunity to kind of get, get to the heart really quick of quickly mm -hmm. of what we're doing uh, together. And so I always say, you know, and always on, I say that the new media landscape has both glorious possibilities and profound brokenness. And I think that we're seeing that right now. I think um, a lot of, I think we're seeing on the internet just some incredible possibilities. We're seeing choirs come to together and do Zoom calls and, you know, right. put on an entire like musical performance from different places across this nation. We're seeing people, you know, like John Krasinski creating like some good news and highlighting mm -hmm. the stories of just beautiful things that people are doing for each other. Um, at the same time, what we're seeing is how much suffering there is in the world, the velocity with which um, suffering kind of comes at us on a regular mm -hmm. basis online. We, uh, we're, we're all realizing that there is something missing to our lives without being able to be in person with other people, that new mm -hmm. media has limits, you know, so we're recognizing the limits of that. Um, also, we're, we're seeing rises in mental distress among people, uh, anxiety, depression, even despair. And so um, 
you know, new media can certainly, I think, mitigate mental distress by helping us to feel connected to other people. And it can also contribute to it depending on how we use it. Right. So I'm seeing possibilities and challenges. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that just feels honest and, and pretty hopeful to be honest with you. I mean, like, I, I think that, uh, I love the idea that we would have things stripped away from us and be forced to ask the, why are we doing this? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? What should we be doing? Sort Mm -hmm. of question. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in a way, I mean, while we would never sort of desire this to happen in a way, it'd be really hard to recreate a pause on so many things like this. Um, And so I imagine there are a lot of people that just couldn't stop doing something because we've always done it. And, you know, at, how do you how do you push pause on something in the way that everything has been paused uh, for so many people recently? So I think there's a real opportunity there. Um, okay, so as we make this shift online, uh, you created this uh, resource here, guide to taking youth ministry online. First off, where can our folks find this? I mean, we'll repost it on our social media channels and everything, but where would you send them to find it? And then let, why don't you just talk to us uh, about this resource and what you've put together here? Okay, yeah, we, you could go to AngelaGorell.com, which is um, just my first and last name all together. And that's Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, Gorell, G-O-R-R-E-L-L.com. And right when you, on the homepage there, it just says Youth Ministry Resource. You can click that button and download it for free right away, right there. Also, the Yale Youth Ministry Institute, they sponsored the guide, and we partnered together in it. And so you can also find the guide on their website, the Yale Youth Ministry Institute. So you can Google Angela Burrell or Yale Youth Ministry Institute, and you'll be able to find our sites and you can download the guide either place for free. I created this guide. um, I actually, I created another guide before this, the week before, for just pastors who wanted to create multi-generational groups and do online services together. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, the Yale Youth Ministry Institute saw that, they said, well, what, what about youth ministry in particular? Could we partner to create a guide that's just specifically for youth leaders? And, um, and so then that one was created. Um, and I think the hope there was to, um, we kind of broke it up into different sections. And so one section is really about technical help, you know, because for some people, new media is a new thing. It's not something that they use all the time beyond email or texting. And so it was meant to, that section was meant to kind of help people to think about how do I create videos or what are the most important platforms to, to use right now and to know about what are the most popular platforms that young people use. And um, right at the beginning of that section, I give some recommendations right away of two platforms that I think are really helpful right now, Zoom, which many of us are using, another one called GroupMe, which is a really helpful um, app that can be um, put on any kind of device um, like re- whether you have like an Android or an iPhone, iPad, computer, um, and it helps people to have like group text messaging um, going on, but you can share pictures and articles and videos and such. And I think that's a great application for uh, asynchronous activities. Mm-hmm. And then that brings me to another point in the guide. I have a video, a short video that describes the difference between synchronous activities and asynchronous activities, which are basically just um, activities, synchronous ones, ones that we do at the same time online and asynchronous activities, ones that we do whenever we can get around to it. But it helps us to keep a conversation going throughout uh, the week, you know, in between meeting together online and um, in real time, like at the same time. 
And, um, and then other parts of the guide are dedicated to kind of the main things that you might want to think about in youth ministry. Like how do you get youth talking online? How do you invite youth to engage in Christian practices um, in sort of a hybrid way where they might do it online or in person and then come back to the group and, and talk about how it went. Um, I also have a video about what is a Christian practice in the guide. Uh, mm. I also have a way of, um, a, you know, a part where I talk about spiritual disciplines and inviting youth into those during this time. And then the final section that I'll highlight is just, um, as I was creating the guide, um, actually my, my husband, Paul helped me with the second guide and we were partnering together on it. And we were talking in our living room about, you know, what if in the coming weeks that youth ministers decided to address kind of the most pressing contemporary concerns of young people. And we started, you know, in our conversation, we, we asked each other, you know, what are the most pressing concerns? When we think about the research that we've done on youth and emerging adults, when we think about the things that keep young people awake at night, what are those things? And mm-hmm. so um, we, we really feel like the main, some of those main things are disappointment. You know, many graduating seniors <laughs> are incredibly disappointing right now. Um, But many youth are disappointed. Um, Anxiety, loneliness, pain, jealousy, shame, anger, and social media. Um, All of which we feel like are things that youth were concerned about before the pandemic happened, but also even more so now, some of these are are really even, you know, that much more a concern for young people. But we yeah. also wanted to offer hope. And so we were thinking that the, the, the especially like the message version of Galatians 5, where it, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit, there's just yeah. this beautiful, in the message version, it really has this beautiful sort of description of what it is, like what a meaningful life looks like yeah. and how yeah. God meets us in the midst of our lives to, um, to help remind us that yes, our lives have disappointment. Yes, our lives have jealousy and shame, but like our lives also have joy. Our lives also have love and peace. Um, and, um, and so we were thinking, you know, maybe that, that could be a really interesting thing for youth leaders to do in the coming weeks would be to pair this just, you know, this particular version of the, the fruit of the spirit, uh, the message version with addressing head on some contemporary concerns of youth. Mm, I love that. I love the idea of, of um, saying, well, hey, this isn't just a placeholder uh, until we can get back together. No, we need to be thinking and doing uh, like deep, meaningful ministry like right here, right now. And this is the reality of the medium with which we get to use. I mean, like, that's just what it is. It's, uh, but there's no reason that we should be waiting or holding back. And so that's one of the sort of the themes I see you coming back to is like, no, we can we can do really deep, meaningful work in this setting if we're intentional about how we set it up. Right. Because, you know, what's so incredible is that two things that new media offers uh, us as, as youth leaders is one is the honesty of young people. I have felt that in teaching, you know, I've, I've taught classes online for three years, but also I, I did what I call like hybrid youth ministry before I came into the academy. And I can talk more about that, you know, what I mean by that. But basically hybrid ministry is this idea of just considering your ministry to be both ministry that happens in person 
during, you know, an in-person gathering that you happen that you have once a week together, or every couple weeks together, but also seeing your ministry as ministry that happens online and through mediated communication in the times in between. Yeah. And I think um, in my own experience of doing sort of hybrid youth ministry, and then also, you know, teaching in the academy, teaching classes online, I've realized, wow, people are incredibly vulnerable in mediated communication. There's something about having a screen in between us that actually opens up some students or some young people in a way that they, they didn't feel comfortable doing that in the same room as everyone else. Wow. And it was, you know, and so one thing that I, we started to do in my youth group, um, this was, you know, back in, this was 2014, 15, 16, um, is I remember one night I, we were having this amazing conversation in youth group on a Sunday night. And so when I got back home, I started a Facebook message to all the youth in the youth group and the youth leaders. And I just tagged every, this is at the time when Facebook was really popular. I'm still, I mean, with like still being used a lot by young people, I think Instagram, you know, more so now, but, um, this is where group me would be helpful, actually. I would start this conversation on group me if I were using it today. But on Facebook, I was, um, I, I, I sent this message out and I was trying to, I was basically like picking up where we left off in the conversation. And I was like, you know, I really appreciated when you were saying this and you were saying that. And then what happened was for the next two weeks, we met every two weeks for our youth group. For the next two weeks, off and on, youth and youth leaders, you know, message each other back and forth and just kept the conversation going. And that mm. became a regular thing in our youth ministry is that it just all of a sudden became a practice where after youth group, the conversation didn't end. We just got on messenger uh -huh. and kept the conversation going. And like a majority of the folks participated. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a small, this was a Mennonite church in Pasadena, you know, so there was only like 20 of us on it. Um, sure. And so it was just, you know, and I was a part-time youth minister with them while I was, you know, doing my doctoral work, but it was awesome. And it was, you know, uh, I was very surprised. I was like, oh, this is an incredible way to keep up relationships with each other, you know, and sometimes the conversation was really serious and we continued what we'd been talking about in youth group. And then other times it became a space where people mm -hmm. shared pictures, shared funny jokes, said stuff to each other, you know what I mean? It was just, and we kept up our relationships with each other. Um, right. And so new media really does present this opportunity, I think, to continue relationship building among the group in a way that was really difficult before. Um, and, you know, before this, like you, it would just be before social media or uh, smartphones. It's it would be really difficult to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But since most many, youth, you know, have a smartphone or a laptop. And that's why I like GroupMe. Like you could also do it on a laptop and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, many of them have access to that. It makes sense to me. Yeah, that throws me back to Craig Dykstra's work on Christian practices. Mm -hmm. The idea of creating low stakes environments where you can familiarize yourself with a particular practice in the context of a community. And it's it's almost like training wheels. Like we we build the muscle memory, we learn how to do it with some rails on, you know, and then we can feel more confident to move forward uh, with that particular practice. And it, it sounds to me like if you were trying to coach a youth minister, you'd say, hey, let's set up a schedule of synchronous and asynchronous activities throughout the week. Uh, something that everyone comes together for so that you can feel together and, and like you belong. But then also like create space for people to go do things as they're able um, and engage when they want to engage with some reminders and things like that. But then also like a spectrum of 
lighthearted and playful and like you really can ask deeper questions in this sort of space um i mean i yeah. guess on some level there's a lot of self-selectivity going on right i mean young people get to choose to engage with one of your prompts or not and that's fine Right. Yeah. I also have a section that's called play. And so it's like, you know, there's, you could give students activities like, you know, um, like a jumping photo, go outside and create your best jumping photo, you know, to try to position the camera just right. Like, let's see who can do it best, you know? So yeah, those really low stake things that are both like really active, um, you know, like they're related to play and then also low stake stuff that gets people talking to each other and this sort of beautiful mix that absolutely is just an invitation, but that yeah. will gradually get people get youth to be involved. And I can imagine these sorts of low stake um, activities and conversation starters in combination with, Hey, we're actually going to have a conversation this Wednesday night where we talk about disappointment. Do you want to come join? You know, youth yeah. telling their friends, like, we're going to talk about like what we're disappointed about. That might be a conversation that other youth say, even if they've never been to your church, they've never been a part of your youth group. Like I'd love to get on and talk about what I'm disappointed about and how to navigate that well. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so the thing about social media, the new media landscape, that's so important for anybody um, who wants to get on new media ever or use it in ministry to know is that it was created um, to be participatory. It's called social media for a reason. You know, there's a there's a multi-directional thing going on with 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 social media. You can both download information and upload it. It's not just a matter of witnessing and like watching and passively, you yeah. know, scrolling through media. Um, we've actually like a lot of us who've done research on new media know that passive internet use, passively scrolling through copious amounts of co content for unbounded sets of time and never participating in conversations contributes to depression, anxiety, and loneliness. Similarly, yeah. passive following, which is getting online and following people that you don't know, like a celebrity or someone that you haven't seen in a long time and don't regularly interact with in person. You know, maybe someone that you used to know when you're like for a youth, like you used to know in middle elementary school, but like you go to different high schools now and you don't really know them. The more mm -hmm. that you passively follow people that you don't have a relationship with and don't know much about their life, the more likely you are to compare the whole of your life to their curated life and to experience things like jealousy oh, wow. um, and unhappiness with your life. And so, and we have like, there's a lot of research to support these things. And so mm. what, but on the other hand, what we know is that when people get online and they participate in conversations, when they reply to other people, message, when they create things and share them with other people and get responses, when they tell their stories, um, when they learn new things and then share those things with the world, um, that can actually help us to feel less lonely. It can help us to feel more connected to other people, more connected to God's love. It can help mm. like life feel more meaningful. And so, um, social media, new the new media uh, landscape was it's it's a participatory culture, as Henry Jenkins, he's a media scholar, coined it. He says it's a participatory culture, and the things about it that make it really interesting to people. The reason why people get online is because there's low barriers to self-expression and creation. There's mm. a lot of opportunities for mentoring and for um, conversation. You know, it has these characteristics that, that are really empowering for people. And so if as ministers, all we do is, you know, stream a sermon online or give people more stuff to watch 
and just invite passive internet use, we're really not, you know, seizing the possibilities that we have for in this moment. Right. It, and it feels like, um, like, it feels like there's this pressure. I, I, I feel like I've heard this in a thousand different ways from different people lately. There's a lot of pressure to have a well-polished, uh, like produced sort of product that they put out. And so that has pushed a lot of people to creating passive, you know, sort of like record the whole service and incorporate these different people. And it's, and it's going to be this really cool thing. And then you can like put it up on YouTube and then just send everybody a link. And like, that's the extent of it. And what I hear you saying is that it might be worth backing off of your concern about like the polished product, you know, produced aspect of things and lean harder into like, is this actually creating space for participation or not? Because if it's not, you're not actually getting where you want to go. Like you're not doing what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the first way that you're describing, which yes, is the majority of what I'm seeing online from churches is I think an effort to just do exactly what we do every week in person normally and just put it online. Right. Um, and <laughs> this is a moment where, you know, I was talking to a couple of people from World Vision the other day, and I was really inspired by this conversation. They're creating um, an online community for pastors to kind of support each other and learn from each other in the coming weeks. It's called We the Church. And so mm. I think it's on Thursdays, um, once a week, they have a thousand spots for pastors to join together and to kind of hear, do like Q and A with a thought leader and then to get in small groups. So they put people on and talk with each other about how things are going and, you know, the topic at hand and then come back together, ask more questions, share more ideas, that sort of thing. Right. And in the conversation, this person from world vision, Josh, he said, you know, I just feel like we, this could be a moment for a new reformation in the church. Wow. And I was so inspired in that moment. The energy that I gained from that one sentence, I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> by what he just said. Because right. the thing is, is that this, as you started this whole conversation saying, you know, this is a moment where we can actually take a few steps back from the right. way that we've always done things and ask, how might we do it? Like, how, okay, God, help our imaginations. Like, what right. would it look like to, you know, to do this differently, to try this new thing, to experiment at this time? Like, Holy Spirit, like, how might you help us to reimagine the way that we connect people and connect um, people to each other and to, to you and to your love? Um, right. And so, yeah. And I also think that this idea that we need to have polished services and edit everything perfectly together um, it comes from a sort of production, a value for production. The church, I think, needs to offer something different. And we really, like, for example, in the, in the multi-generational groups, I was thinking about, wow, a lot of churches have multiple generations that just don't know each other very well. What an mm. incredible opportunity to put people in groups of 10 or 15 that are, you know, several different generations and have them get to know each other for the first time. Right. You know, wow. you give them yeah. some sort of plan for them to work from. You give them a few points that you think are interesting about the text, but we have to trust people more. It's really about the release of power and mm. trusting other people to be able to disciple one another. So, I mean, you know, um, to be able to talk about the Bible in meaningful ways together, to be able to seek God together, to pray with each other. Um, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm seeing it all the time in my conversations with my friend, just the other day, 
on Sunday, I'm talking to one of my friends on Easter. I said, so how's it been going? Like watching your church online. She's like, we're not doing it. We actually, we used to be a part of a small group in DC. And so, and she lives here in Waco now. And she was like, so we all, we asked like, can we all do a zoom call on Sunday mornings and do like a like small group like we used to? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, so people are having to like do this work themselves because for many of us, you know, it's not fun to just watch church for 45 minutes online. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, again, not just on social media, but this idea that young people uh, would use their gifts, would uh, be invited to lead, that they would have, you know, a word from God for the church in the mm-hmm. context of ministry. I, I feel like that's been, at least I've been uh, becoming far more aware of that over the last couple of years, um, that there really is incredible gifts bound up in young people and that we're not waiting for them to become the church, that they are the church now, that sort of notion. Uh, what would that look like in this social media sort of landscape now, if taking everything online to try and give young people the chance to lead or to use their gifts? What? How would you imagine doing that? There are multiple ways that we invite that in the guide. Um, one of those things is to just... Um, is, so the arts are a really powerful way that youth, I think, use their voices. And so I think one thing that you could do is to offer, um, to, you know, and invite young people in your, in your group that, you know, to, Hey, if you write music, if you write poetry, if you do spoken word, um, if you're a dancer, if, uh, you, uh, are a, a drawer, an artist of some sort, and you want to create something, a sculpture, and you want to share something with us, please do. And you could either have them do it during the in-person gathering like that to kind of start us off like, Hey, this, you know, sharing this piece that they created and have everyone kind of reflect on it together or, or maybe they play it live or, you know, just whatever they're comfortable with, or maybe they share a video of themselves sharing that what they've created ahead of time. And then everyone can, can reflect on it together. That's cool. Um, and then, but then also these topics, I, I, one of the, the coolest things that happened to me as a youth group uh, person like in my own youth group was that my youth leader was Gary Brooks, who's actually a YouTube star now, which is really fascinating. (laughs) He's a principal who has like, seriously, like over a million followers on YouTube now. Um, But Gary was my youth pastor and he was awesome. And the thing that he did that was so great, now he's a YouTube star because he's hilarious and he was hilarious back in the day. But what was more awesome than him being hilarious was how much he believed in our, in how capable we are. We were, he was constantly giving every task of youth ministry away. It was like, what can I invite youth to do? And whatever we wanted to do, he, you know, so by the time you became a senior in the youth group, you were expected to be a leader in some capacity. And when in my, at the time, I think there were 26 of us in my graduating class that were part of that youth group. We had like, you know, nearly a hundred students in our youth group. So it was really big. But the reason was because everyone was really compelled by this idea that if you came to Gary's youth group, if you're a part of the youth group um, there, you were, you belonged and you were like supposed to contribute. Like your voice mattered, your gifts mattered. And it was like, it wasn't a matter of if you were going to contribute. It was like, how do we figure out what you're passionate about? You know, what you can do to join us. Cause, um, and I, it was, yeah, it was, it was great. And we all, we all felt that. And so, um, and we felt the sort of responsibility, like it was this beautiful responsibility that we really enjoyed deeply. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And so I think that a youth leader could even say to youth, hey, these are the sorts of things that I'm imagining for an online like Zoom gathering. I'm thinking we could talk about like disappointment and then this patch of the team this next week. Who would like to help me with that? And, you know, and if one of them says like, hey, I'd love to lead a conversation on disappointment, we're like, hey, go for it. I'd love to, to share a reflection on Galatians 5. Go for it. Awesome. Who would like to do it the next week with anxiety? Okay. You know, and really allowing them to take the lead on creating some questions to get everyone talking about a particular topic. Yeah. Um, allowing another team to actually study the Bible themselves, like, and think about like, how does it speak to them? Um, you know, another thing that I did with my youth was um, we did two things on a regular basis that are very easy to do either asynchronously or synchronously, like, you know, in the same online gathering, one yeah. was called God, God moments and youth let it like after I did it for a few times, then I just gave it to one of them and they let it. And it was, um, they just asked, you know, when have you experienced God's presence over this last week? When have you felt like God was inviting you to do something or like you've kind of felt like God's spirit is like in your gut or, you know, on your heart, like you just felt like moved by God. Um, and at first it would be like literally for a couple of weeks, um, it would be like no one saying anything or maybe like one youth leader sharing. And then over time, the more we did it, um, the more and the more that then youth led it, the more conversation we had about, hey, how is God speaking to us? Yeah. How is God moving in this group, you know? And then another thing that we did was, um, which is also in the guide, uh, your, I think I called it your music, um, was my, I would text them and say, hey, or Facebook message everybody and say, hey, send me what song like you are listening to on repeat right now. And that would set me up for the next like 15 weeks. And every, every time we would meet together, or every, I guess we met every two weeks, over the next 30 weeks, um, whenever we'd meet, we'd listen to a song um, that one of the youth was listening to on repeat, we'd watch the music video and look at the words together. And we asked questions like, what is true about what is being said in this song? Like yeah. how, you know, how did, and then we also asked questions like, how does it resonate with you and why, why are you listening to it on repeat? But then I'd ask the question, what's not true? Right. You know, is this song saying anything that's actually not true? Like it's, it's saying this, but it's, that's not how, how it is in the world. And it was yeah. teaching them critical reflection and it was teaching them theological reflection. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and over time, youth also led that part. And whenever any new youth came into the room or uh, like, you know, a parent would come and visit youth group or something, if somebody didn't know what, what we were doing with a certain aspect of youth group, it would be the teens that would say, oh, this is what we do during this time. We ask these kind of questions, you know, and I always ended that time by saying, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know, and like what you put into your heart really matters. And so right. what we listen to, it matters. What we meditate on, it matters. Um, and, but they would be able to say that by the end of the time, they'd be like, yeah, we do this because, you know, like what we listen to, what we think about a lot, like it matters. It has an impact on how we see ourselves and how we see our God and the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I feel like, so much of what I'm hearing you say is about integration and just utilizing these tools um, and not leaving uh, incredibly important and deep aspects of youth ministry to the side just because we're online right now. And in fact, I think uh, we maybe we mentioned this earlier, but the idea that there might be things that change about how youth group moves forward, you know, whenever this is quote unquote over and back to normal, whatever that means, like 
um, as we move forward, there might be opportunities to like utilize these tools to reinforce everything that we're already doing in this moment. You know, this is what we've got. Like, this is all we've got. We have to figure this out. But um, in a way, it's sort of uh, forcing us to open ourselves to this new uh, new way of thinking, which, you know, sounds like it sounds like everybody should just order your book. Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug it again. Always on practicing faith in a new media landscape. Uh, Very well-timed. I got to say, I know that you did that on purpose because you knew uh, (laughs) that there would be a pandemic, right? I mean, nobody has taught the youth ministry in a pandemic course. Uh, Maybe you will be this fall. I don't know. Um, But as we come to the end of our time together, I wonder if you might have a benediction or a blessing uh, that you would share for youth workers who are listening. We're, you know, we're about three or four weeks into the whole uh, shelter in place reality, at least for us here in Florida. Um, and, you know, things have changed for everyone by now. Um, and maybe the newness has worn off. Maybe it still feels sort of exciting and, and, you know, like intense, but people are at different places trying to figure this out. What would you want to say to those folks? First, I want to say to you, um, just thank you so much for this conversation. I really appreciate your questions and um, just the time that you've given me to share a little bit about my research and my work. And I also want to thank everyone who's listening just for, um, thank you for everything that you do to invest in the lives of young people, um, for the hard work that you do day in and day out, many of you, in addition to other work that you do, in addition to parenting and all these sorts of things. um, Mm -hmm. I so appreciate your investment in young people and your belief in them. Um, This is my benediction. For those of you who are walking with young people weighted down with anxiety, depression, and despair, may God give you strength. For those of you seeking out the voices of young people and giving them platforms and inviting others to hear, may the Lord give you tenacity. For those of you who are seeking to talk with young people that you're especially concerned about during this difficult time. May the Lord grant you mercy. For those of you who are doing all you can to support the families of young people who are struggling to make ends meet, may the Lord give you hope. For those of you who are reaching for creativity during this time and using new media, many, uh, many devices for the first time, may the Lord give you innovation. And for each one of you, as you do the work that God has called you to do to invest in the lives of young people, may God fill you with peace and encourage you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Reverend Dr. Angela Gorell, thank you for your time. Thank you for all the work that you've put in over the last couple of years that you had no clue would be so incredibly important right now. I mean, that's... That's worth pausing and reflecting on in itself, that, that God led you to this research and to this work uh, for such a time as this, like right here, right now. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. And mm. we're grateful for your hard work, um, and we're grateful for your, your book and the resource that you put out and the way in which you are continuing to sort youth, uh, support youth workers all over the place. So what's the, uh, the website again? Is it just AngelaGorell.com? Yeah, that's right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Reverend Dr. Angela Gorell. There we go. Thanks so much, Angela. I appreciate your time. 
Thank you. Bye bye. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Missing Voices podcast. I hope that this focus on youth ministry in the midst of this pandemic uh, was helpful to you in some way. I hope that there was maybe even just one moment during this last episode, maybe the benediction or, or, or the signs of hope, uh, something that was a gift to you and maybe helps you carry out your work uh, that you have before you. You can follow what we're up to at missingvoices.flagler.edu, missingvoices.flagler.edu, and we hope that you are well. The work you are doing is incredibly important, and we want to figure out ways to be a part of that with you. Take care.